Howdy, this is Dave Hill, and this is issue 53 of Dave Does the Comics. This is my monthly comic book review podcast recorded on September 7th, 2013. I have been reading comics since the late 60s, actively buying them since the mid-70s. I am not a professional. I don't obsessively haunt the comic book boards online, but I do have a ton of long boxes in my basement, and I'm not afraid to use them. It has been one heck of a busy summer, full of lots of end of months, weekends, out of town or out of country, or else just not having time to address the teetering stacks of comics on my table. So let's play a little catch-up. First, though, I do need to talk a little bit about the ratings that I use on my program. Um, some questions have come up, some observations about my rating trends. Um, so here's what I do. Uh, I use the scale used at goodreads.com because it allows for a little better gradation of the positive end of the numbers, since presumably there's not a lot that I'm buying on a regular basis that is just really vomitous and beyond horror uh, to read. Um, so here's what the five-star scale looks like. One star. Um, in this particular instance, I do not like. Um, I'd recommend against reading this uh, within the bounds of knowing my personal aesthetic is not a universal one. Uh, it just happened to slip through or the quality on something I was already reading went dramatically downhill. Two stars. It was okay, nothing particularly wrong with it, but nothing that would lend me to uh, recommend it to anyone. It's fair, it's okay, it's mediocre, and I'm possibly going to drop it unless it uh, improves. There are way too many comic books out in the world for me to be reading two-star comics. Three stars. Um, I like it. Uh, I don't know if you will, but I'm fairly content with it right now. Four stars, I really like it. I really look forward to this title each month, and I'd recommend at least this issue, if not the series, to anyone at least once. Finally, five stars. It's amazing. It's fabu. I'd highly recommend it to anyone who hasn't seen it before. Um, if I get just one five-star issue a week, I'm happy. Um, if I get two, I'm really, really happy. So, that's what they mean, and let's see if I can stay honest to them. We'll start with Marvel. Marvel's got two big crossovers going on with them. Um, on the X-Team front, we have the Battle of the Atoms starting up. And over in Avengers territory, we have Infinity. Um, both are, in my opinion, pretty decent um, crossover meta title event things. Um, I've been pretty pleased with both. We'll start with Battle of the Atom number one. Brian Bendis writing, Frank Cho et al. on the art. Um, I'm not sure the X-Books really needed yet another big crossover event, but this one, which is tying together what's been going on with the present X-Men, the X-Men from the past, and now some X-Men from the future, um, at least appears to be entertaining in a Days of Future Past as written by Brian Bendis kind of way. Um, should the past X-Men be sent back, even against their will? What happens if they do, and what happens if they don't? Um, we got some nice snappy dialogue. Um, how many beasts can you fit into a room? Um, and Frank Cho's artwork here is well served by the inkers and colorists. Um, as a blessedly wonderful bonus, the covers for this uh, crossover event denote the order across various titles of the series, letting you read things in order. Um, that should be required for all comic book companies. Um, so, sum total, I gave this three stars. I liked it. 
Um, actually, I liked the second chapter uh, better, but this is the one that I wanted to talk about first. Uh, let's go over to Avengers number 18. Jonathan Hickman writing Lenny Liu on the pencils, Avengers Universe 1. Um, this was part of the first week of the Infinity crossover, uh, which has a massive invasion of the galaxy by really powerful types who may have created life as we know it across the universe. Um, all the big galactic alien races, um, the... Kree, the Skrulls, the, uh, the Shi'ar, um, all of those types, uh, including the humans, gather for the first major battle, which of course looks like it's going really well until abruptly it's not. Yikes. Um, the art's a little choppy and it's got a cast of zillions, um, but for a major epic like this, I'm willing to buy it. Uh, three stars. I liked it. Avengers Assemble number 18, Kelly Sue DeConnick writing, Barry Kitson on the art. It's Avengers number 18, only from the perspective of Spider-Woman. Um, that makes it a much more personal tale and, taken together with the first, a very enjoyable one. Uh, yeah, I do like the epic, but getting a feel for uh, the individual, especially Spider-Woman, who on some levels is not a very nice person, um, is good stuff. I give this one four stars. I liked it a lot. By the way, there's a repeat of Avengers 18 in um, Captain Marvel number 15, but I'm not giving that title in a detailed review this month. Um, Captain America number 10, Rick Remender writing, John Romita Jr. on the breakdowns, Man Further Out of Time. Cap lives! Some other important folk die! Cap's back in the real world away from the meat-grinding madness of Arnim Zola's pocket universe. But now he's more alone and isolated from the modern world than ever before. Uh, wow. Okay. I really understand where Remender's been trying to go here, and his and Ramita's work on something like Jack Kirby on an absinthe bender is admirable, but I'm just not enjoying this. Um, let's see where Remender goes, uh, quickly, after this arc, but this one's on the bubble for me. Um, two stars. It was okay. Hawkeye, Volume 2, Little Hits, Trade Paperback. Matt Fraction writing David Aha, mostly, on the art. Uh, this is another collection of Fraction's uh, Hawkeye title, uh, an attempt to make Hawkeye more than just a dude with a bow. Uh, Fraction's Clint Barton gets beat up a lot. I think my concussions are getting concussions. And exercises horrible judgment skills, especially when it comes to personal decisions. But he's also clearly trying to do the right thing in life, which makes the tale both comic and tragic in turns. Um, a substory here with a Yugoslavian assassin falls flat, but there's enough brilliance in this issue from a tale involving all of Clint's current or past girlfriends trying to intervene in his life to an amazing story told just from the perspective of Lucky the Pizza Dog that I still have to give this a solid five stars. It was amazing. Iron Man, number 15, Karen Gillan writing, Carlo Pagulian, Alela Pagulian on the art, the Secret Origin of Tony Stark, The Best Offense, Part 3. Uh, this is an ongoing, odd, but potentially intriguing storyline, with Tony discovering he was specifically bred to uplift humanity techno technologically, and ultimately to pilot the God-Killer armor to protect Earth from other galactic races and forces. Um, which will be fine, but Tony doesn't want to play, and the mad recorder that's been instrumenting all of this doesn't believe that Stark can manage can't manage the armor, and is so threatening to destroy the Earth himself, if that's what it takes to call Tony's bluff. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so, a change in the character, and the character's backstory, which I'm willing to accept here, because uh, it's kind of interesting, but even though it has a very glossy package, the storyline itself is really fairly plebeian. 
Um, the art is fine, although the coloring by Guru Effects is somehow both drab and off-putting. Um, I'm not nearly as excited by this as I sense I should be, and I'm not sure if that's my fault. Anyway, I'll keep reading for now. Um, three stars. I'm liking it. I'm just not liking it as much as I really think I should be for something this significant. Journey into Mystery, number 655. Catherine Immonen writing Valerio Schitti on the art. Seeds of Destruction, Conclusion. It's the final issue of this series, which has never gotten quite the traction it should have had over the last dozen issues, having Sif in the spotlight. Uh, the most recent storyline with Sif and Beta Ray Bill should have been a, a cosmic romp, a dramatic epic, a big and exciting and romantic something or another, but... Instead, it was kind of hampered by mediocre art and characters that always seemed to be acting, intentionally or not, out of character. Um, I'm actually more upset, to be honest, with the end of a 655-issue number run of the overall title, various and sundry retitlings notwithstanding, given how the let's start over with issue number one always seems to be the order of the day in the comic book world these days. Anyway, uh, farewell to Journey into Mystery, number 655, two stars, it was okay. New Avengers number 9, Jonathan Hickman writing, Mike Diodato on the art, The Call Obsidian. It's an infinity crossover. It's a Thanos story. It's a new team of cosmic supervillains we've never seen before, again. It's all that infinity gem and Atlantis versus Wakanda stuff coming home to roost. It's, well, uh, it's big and cosmic and kind of fun to watch in a big cosmic blowing stuff up kind of way. Um, I have the sense that this storyline will read better all in a collection rather than in individual issues. Um, we'll see. Uh, three stars. I liked it. Thanos Rising, number five. Jason Aaron writing. Simone Bianchi on the pencils. Um, this is the final issue of this miniseries, number five of five, about the past and present of Thanos, leading into the, of course, Infinity Crossover. Um, I've really enjoyed what Aaron's done here, showing the Titan's uh, descent into madness and his love affair with a maniacal death. Um, but there are aspects of it that don't quite line up with, well, most of what's been seen and written about Thanos and deaths uh, before. Not that it isn't good, but as an introduction to the character at a time when interest in him is at an all-time high, that disconnect feels jarring. Is this now the canon, or just an alternative uh, interpretation? If the former, I don't really like the new direction or aspects of it. Still, the art is great, the story for the most part suitably creepifying, and it's concluded. The question is, will I pick up the trade paperback collection? Uh, four stars. I liked this issue a lot. Thor, God of Thunder, number 12, Jason Aaron, again, writing, Nick Klein on the art, Once Upon a Time in Midgard. Um, I try not to review comics multiple months in a row, but this is a classic day-in-the-life issue that's done up beautifully. All three of the Thors play a role here, but the vignettes about the modern one, uh, which have little to do with anything resembling crime fighting, are all a joy. How Thor interacts with the world about him and humanity. Um, well done. I give this one five stars, um, which for a day-in-the-life issue is kind of uh, remarkable, but I thought this was a remarkably done one. Um, Scarlet number 7 from Marvel Icon, Brian Bendis writing, Alex Maliev on the art. Um, this title of Revolution Returns. There's a big protest going on down at the Portland waterfront. What will the authorities do? And more importantly, where's the person they're all there to see? Scarlet. Ah, she has her own plan, but will anyone guess what it is before she can execute it? 
Uh, this is good, nion realistic stuff, lovingly written by Bendis and lovingly rendered by Maliev. I give this one another five stars. Um, amazing bits. Okay, some quickie one-liner reviews. Two stars, which means it was uh, okay. A plus X number 11, Captain Marvel number 15, FF number 11, and Ultimates number 29. Three stars, I liked it. Astonishing X-Men number 66, Cable and X-Force number 13, Fantastic Four number 11, Fearless Defenders number 8, Indestructible Hulk number 12, Powers Bureau number 6, Superior Spider-Man number 17, Wolverine number 8. Four stars, I liked it a lot. Avengers AI number 3, Sam Humphrey's writing, Andre Araujo on the art. Avengers Arena number 14, Dennis Hopeless writing, Kev Walker on pencils. Daredevil number 30, Mark Wade writing, Chris Samney on pencils. Guardians of the Galaxy number 5, Brian Bendis writing, Sarah Pichelli on the art. Nova number 7, Zeb Wells writing, Paco Medina on pencils. Superior Foes of Spider-Man number 3, Nick Spencer writing, Steve Lieber on the art. Wolverine and the X-Men number 35, Jason Aaron writing, Nick Bradshaw on pencils. Uncanny Avengers number 11, Rick M Remender writing, Daniel Acuna on the art. Uncanny X-Men number 11, Brian Bendis writing, Fraser Irving and Chris Ankle on the art. X-Men number 4, Brian Wood writing, David Lopez on the pencils. And all-new X-Men number 16, which is chapter 2 of Battle of the Atom, uh, Brian Bendis writing, Stuart Immonen on the pencils. And a five-star award to Young Avengers number 9, Kieran Gillen writing, and Jamie McElvey and Mike Norton on the art. Okay, let's move over to DC. DC has its own Villains Unleashed Month, also known as Forever Evil, uh, on tap for all of its titles, complete with goofy lenticular cover stunts and giving all their title villains as top billing, um, often with force-fed origin stories and ones that, for the most part, obsolete everything you knew about the character before the New 52 reboot. Um, I'm reviewing two of them here, Justice League number 23.1, also known as Darkseid number 1, Greg Pak writing, Paolo Sequeira and Neto Diaz on the art, Apotheosis. Just in case you thought there was any actual respect left in DC editorial for the creative work of the late Jack Kirby, this single comic should disabuse you of that notion, as it completely rewrites the entire New Gods saga for the purpose of making Darkseid out to be a, an anti-hero gone power-mad and Isaiah, or uh, Isaiah, out to be kind of a wuss. Um, it's reminiscent of Jason Aaron's recent Godkiller run on Thor, but it's best put in contrast to the Thanos Rising series, also by Jason Aaron, that I reviewed a few minutes ago. Um, Darkseid and Thanos have often been seen as counterpart characters in their respective Marvel vs. DC universes, but while Jason Aaron retells Thanos' life story to enhance it or update it, and largely succeeds, Greg Pak has simply told a completely different story because, well, he was allowed to. Um, it's not a better story, but it's emblematic of the New 52's attitude about anything that's come before the current regime came to power. Well, wouldn't it be bitching if instead of that it was really like this? Yeah, let's do it, <laughs> because we can! Um, whatevers. Uh, somewhat spiffy cover at least. Um, one star. Uh, I did not like. Uh, here's another one, same song, second verse. Justice League Dark, number 23.1, also known as The Creeper, number one. Anna Senti and Dan Didio on the writing, diverse hands on the pencils, twisted. If Jack Kirby's creativity is disposable, then certainly Steve Ditko's stands no chance. Um, this never-ending issue completely redoes the Creeper's origin, making him some ancient Japanese demon tied up with Katana's sword that possesses journalist Jack Ryder, blah, 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 because, you know, it's creepier that way, I guess. 
Um, so it's not at all the same character, but we'll call it that because um, whatever. Uh, the story is nearly incoherent, and where it can be understood, it's just plain dark and abusive. So um, one star. I didn't like it. On the other hand, Batman Beyond Unlimited, number 18, Scott Peterson writing Annie Wu on the art, Batgirl Unlimited. There's a new Batgirl in the Batman Beyond Gotham, and the formal Batgirl, Commissioner Barbara Gordon, isn't happy about it. It's fun, dramatic, nicely drawn, and encouraging. Um, what would the rest of the DC Universe uh, be like if it looked like this? Um, three stars. I liked it. Batwoman, number 23, J.H. Williams III and W. Hayden Blackman writing Trevor McCarthy on the art veins. Um, various plot lines start converging to a big climax in a few issues with a big DEO-compelled battle to come between Batwoman and Batman. Um, and meanwhile, Kate tries to make up to Maggie for having used the Scarecrow's fear venom on her by dosing herself with it, leading to the, the kind of hallucinogenic feel that Williams and Blackman so enjoy. By the end, all is forgiven, and the two women reconfirm their plans for wedded bliss. Of course, none of this will actually happen, because DC drove Williams and Blackman off the title over such 11th-hour changes as dictating that, no, those two women will not get married, because, you know, marriage is icky and domesticated, and really, comic book fans don't like it. So, great! Another DC title I don't have to read anymore! Yay! Um, for this issue, three stars. I liked it. Legion of Superheroes, number 23, Paul Levitt's writing, Kevin McGuire on the art, Aftermath. It's the last issue of this iteration of the Legion of Superheroes, which honestly isn't a huge loss because the relentless feast of gloom and destruction and death has made this one of my least favorite reboots of the series and the team. Um, this issue, though, nicely wraps up the loose ends with the Legion being disbanded and the surviving characters going their separate ways, wistful or hopeful or both. Remarkably enough, there are no plans for a new LSH title because DC's intent, and the reason they're canceling the book, is to create a Justice League 3000 series, which they've already managed to muck up by first hiring fan favorite Kevin Maguire for the art, then firing him because they decided they wanted something, of course, grim and grittier that, than what he could produce. Anyway, long live the Legion, uh, three stars for this issue. Okay, some quick reviews for DC. Two stars. They were okay. Uh, Birds of Prey, number 23. Justice League, number 23. Justice League of America, number 7. Three-star reviews. I liked them. Amikami Girls, number 7. Ferris, number 19. Justice League Dark, number 23. Supergirl, number 23. Wonder Woman, number 23. World's Finest, number 15. Four stars. Uh, I liked them a lot. Batgirl, number 23. Uh, Gail Simone writing uh, Fernando Passarin on the pencils. And five stars, another amazing turnout from Fables number 132, Billy Will Bill Willingham writing, Mark Buckingham on the pencils. Now for some other publishers, and yes, I realize I'm going long today. It's been a long couple of months, actually, since I did this uh, review. So, um, Atomic Robo, Volume 1, Atomic Robo and the Fightin' Scientists of Tesladyne, from Big Five Comics. Brian Clevinger writing, Scott Wegener on the art. Um, many thanks to Doyce for turning me on to this series about a robot built by Nikola Tesla who becomes an adventurer and world saver across the decades. Uh, take one part Hellboy, one part Buckaroo Banzai, stick it in a robot shell, and you have Atomic Robo. Gobs of fun, both shiny and sarcastic. Enjoyable stuff, highly recommended. Five stars. 
Hero Baron the Kid, The Inheritance, issue one of five from Kaboom Comics, Mike Kunkel writing and art. I've read Kunkel's Hero Bear stories before, but it's nice to see again, hearing an extended origin tale of how Tyler obtained and first met Hero Bear. Um, it's all ages stuff, but deals with some serious themes. It's also beautifully drawn and, so far, a great story. Four stars. I liked it a lot. Knights of the Dinner Table, number 200 from Kenzer, Jolly Blackburn et al., creators. Uh, this title is a regular read for me, and I almost never review it because, well, what can you say about a comic book about role-playing gamers? Um, it's always funny, it's always a delight, and it's awesome that they made their 200th issue. It's also always annoying that half the book is non-comic, much about Kenzer's various gaming systems, but also including some indie game reviews that are often worth a read. Um, good stuff, and congratulations, guys. Three stars. I liked it. Red Sonia, number two from Dynamite. Gail Simone writing, Walter Giovanni on the art. Sonia fights another warrior woman, a former comrade from the gladiatorial pits. And she loses with big-time consequences. Yikes. Um, the art here is only second-rate, but Simone does a decent job with the writing. Um, I'm interested in where this is going. Uh, three stars. I liked it. Saga, Volume 2 from Image. Brian K. Vaughn writing Fiona Staples on the art. This is the second collected volume of this amazing title. Um, we get to see Marco's parents. We get to learn how our star-crossed couple met. We see more of the bizarre science fiction world they all live in, a struggle with which of the bad guys are really bad guys, and stare at a monstrous scrotum. It doesn't get much better than this. Um, five stars. Uh, it was amazing. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of five-star reviews this week. Uh, sidekick number one from Image. Do Joe Straczynski writing. Tom Mandrake on the art. Ever again. Um, what happens when you're a sidekick and your mentor is tragically killed and you just can't cut it on your own? How do you prove yourself? How do you find a job? And how does your life spiral downward? Um, yeah, good stuff. Uh, four stars. I like it a lot. Umbrella Academy, Dallas, from Dark Horse. Uh, Gerard Way writing, Gabriel Ba on the art. I keep wanting to love this surreal send-up of superhero families more than I do, as in this trade paperback collection, they live through the aftermath of their previous story arc and have to deal with a conspiracy from within that involves time, space, and the assassination of John F. Kennedy. It's weird, it's funny, it's twisted, but it never seems to quite gel for me. Still, uh, three stars. I like it. Uncanny, number three from Dynamite. Andy Diggle on the writing, Aaron Campbell on the art. It's special ops meets caper meets low-key mutant talents, told from the perspective of a, a grifter who has the ability to borrow the talents of others. Um, it's clever, it's dark, it's damned interesting so far, and worth picking up, at least when it gets to trade paperback time. Ah, uh, four stars. I liked it a lot. Okay, and some quicker reviews for the non-big two. Three stars. The Activity, number 14, from Image. Archer and Armstrong, number 12, from Valiant. Invincible Universe, number 6, from Image. Four stars. I liked these a lot. Invincible, number 105, from Image. Robert Kirkman writing and Ryan Otley on pencils. Thief of Thieves, number 16, from Image. Andy Diggle writing. Sean Martinborough on the art. Ten Grand, number four from Image, Joe Straczynski writing, Ben Templesmith art. Red Team, number four from Dynamite, Garth Ennis writing and Craig Cermak on the art. And The Shadow, Year One from Dynamite, Matt Wagner writing and Wilfredo Torres on the art. And finally, a five-star review for Saga, number 13 from Image, Brian K. Vaughn writing, Fiona Staples on the art. And finally, 
uh, 23 minutes later. Some named reviews. The best kid-friendly collection I read over the past couple of months goes to Supergirl, Cosmic Adventures in the 8th Grade from DC. Landry Q. Walker writing, Eric Jones from Art. Uh, This collection of a too-brief 2009 all-ages series is out of continuity, but oh so fun. Uh, Young Kara crashes to Earth and gets set up in school where she has the normally comedic problems fitting in, especially with powers that are flaking out, an evil twin that keeps popping up, and a best friend named Lena Thorl. And a mysterious cat named Streaky. It's fun, it's upbeat, it's interesting, it's suitable for kids and adults alike. In short, it's everything that DC isn't these days, and so is worth picking up just for that. Uh, My own 8th grader enjoyed it. Four stars, I liked it a lot. Best cover, X-Factor number 262. Peter David writing, from Marvel, Peter David writing, Neil Edwards on the pencils, cover by David Yardine. Um, Peter David ends the title after a 10-year, my God, run, having spent several issues after the Hell on Earth War sending the various characters off to their own disparate fates. Um, I'm of two minds here seeing the title end. On the one hand, there have been times when I've loved this series to death, so I hate to see it go. On the other hand, it's really felt like it's been drifting for quite some time, probably since David veered away from making it about Madrox and company and more about the company part. Um, So I'm glad to see it wrapped up in, if not always a satisfying way, a conclusive way, getting all the characters to where he felt they needed to go. I look forward to see what he does next, perhaps hinted at in issue number 260. Meanwhile, David Yardine provides a perfectly fitting wrap-up cover for this group that originally was set up as a detective agency for superheroes. Uh, Three stars. I liked it. The best collection I read, The Complete Battlefields, Volume 2, from Dynamite, Garth Ennis writing diverse hands on the art. The second collection volume of Ennis's brilliant and deeply researched look at World War II and the pain, heroism, madness, camaraderie, and violence of the people fighting the last good war. Story arcs include a sequel to The Night Witches, about female Soviet pilots, Life as an RAF bomber pilot, and another tanky story where Sergeant Stiles must use his new Sherman Firefly against one of the last of the Nazi King Tigers. Like anything by Ennis, it's foul-mouthed and bloody, but it has a verisimilitude that's both damning and inspiring. I give this one five stars. And finally, the most important category of all the best comic for the past two months. And... I didn't write one down as I was going through building up this review. So let me narrow it down to the many five-star books I reviewed this week, putting lie to the if I find one a month, it's exceptional. And ignoring the ones I've just designated as best something, we have Hawkeye Volume 2 Collection from Marvel, Thor God of Thunder Number 12 from Marvel, Scarlet Number 7 from Marvel Icon, Young Avengers Number 9 from Marvel, Fables Number 132 from DC Vertigo, Atomic Robo Volume 1 Collection from Big Five, Saga Volume 2 Collection from Image, and Saga Issue 13 from Image. And I'm going to go with... Heck, I'll go with Thor, God of Thunder, number 12 from Marvel. Big applause to Jason Aaron on the writing there. (sighs) And that, as they say, is that. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To make up for our wonky schedule the past few months, we'll be back in three weeks on the weekend of 28 September. On my homepage, which you can find through the wonders of looking up Dave Does the Comics on Google... You can see all the lovely covers for all these lovely comic books and leave comments on the podcast. 
I can be reached there or tweeted at three underscore star underscore Dave. You can also find my trade paperback and graphic novel reviews at goodreads.com, the Dave Hill in Inglewood, Colorado. I welcome your feedback, especially your suggestions for books I should try. I hope you've enjoyed this eek 28 minutes out of your life. Thanks once again, and as Stanley is so fond of saying, Excelsior! Excelsior!